You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, Addicts. It's FFA underscore Los. Welcome to Championship Week. It's the season finale. We're getting there. It's been an exciting year. It's been a fun year. Uh, looking like uh, the host with the most, Mung's going to be facing against me. In our in our league of record, if that matters to the addicts, but uh, yeah, you ready to take me down this next week, Monk? Well, let's let's knock on wood. I know I know you think I have it wrapped up, but I am still facing Camara. Um, I'm up about 36 points, I believe, but uh, you never know. I, I'm a little nervous after that six touchdown performance that he showed us last Christmas weekend. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count my uh, fantasy championship matchups before I get there. Let's put it that way. Well, fair enough. He'd uh, he'd have to do some pretty big time work uh, at this point in the game, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, well, we've seen cr- crazier happen, so I won't tempt uh, the fantasy gods here. And uh, speaking of crazy, there's going to be some interesting lineups uh, that bring home fantasy titles this year, I think, with COVID, but also with some last-minute injuries. I mean, we're going to talk through every game here, but, man, some of these high-value you know, handcuffs. If you've had them rostered the last few weeks, they've really paid off. We're talking, you know, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Justin Jackson. These guys are just bringing home the bacon and they just might do it again in week 17. You're absolutely right. Uh, this is the time, like we've said every week, uh, you got to pay attention to these little players. Yeah, not little players, but uh, little known players. And even more so the uh, th- this year with all this craziness with COVID heading in, uh, trashed last week's game, did the same to this week's games. I'm expecting more of the same for the championship week, and that, uh, that's a scary idea. Yeah, and we might have some uh, Daryl Williams and Sony Michelle-led fantasy teams. We'll get into all those matchups and some potential waiver options pretty soon. But before we get to that, we want to talk to you about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS-style contests on player props. It's super easy. You pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week, with each one getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more you get right, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest where first place wins $20,000. Sign up now with our promo code FFA and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. And heading us into our championship week of games in most leagues, uh, there is no Thursday game this week. So uh, you'll have to wait till Sunday for your football this week, folks. Uh, Sunday noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll kick off with Atlanta at Buffalo. 
Cordero Patterson's best days are behind him as they continue to limit his touches, as uh, as ownership was talking about a couple weeks ago, for whatever reason. He's a very shaky flex play and a bad matchup. Saved his day with a touchdown this week. If Pitts has been carrying you, stay on him. But uh, I'd look outside of Russell Gage at your wide receiver spot if possible. Yeah, I, I really expected a lot more from Patterson against the Lions of all teams, but um, certainly not not a whole lot to love against the top three Bills defense here. Of course, like you said, Patterson does still remain in play as a touchdown-dependent RB3 or flex. Uh, a lot of running backs are going down, so you may not have better options. And then, of course, uh, Kyle Pitts is having a great rookie season despite some setbacks. Uh, Gage... I mean, it's tough to trust them again. I mean, you would have thought that this team would have done much better against Detroit this past Sunday, but, you know, the option is still, or the potential is still there for some garbage time here with the Bills favored by quite a few points. Yes, for the Bills, uh, the Patriots couldn't stop Stephon Diggs, and the Falcons certainly won't barring uh, some sort of crazy COVID finding. Uh, start your regulars with confidence. Allen Diggs, Knox, who saved his day with a touchdown. Singletary should be a fine play at the end of the season here against Atlanta, even though he wasn't uh, too great this past week. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning Isaiah McKenzie and Emmanuel Sanders here as well, both boomer bust flex options. We saw that McKenzie's speed opened up some big plays downfield against the Patriots, and that's the kind of ceiling that he has again this week. I would prioritize him over Sanders uh, if Beasley and Davis are out again. Would you agree with that? Completely agree, and I do expect them both to be out. Yeah, both are unvaccinated, so there is a chance that they could miss another game here, but they could be activated, so that's definitely news to stay tuned on if you're playing any part of this Buffalo passing game or excuse me, receiving game outside of Stefan Diggs. Of course you're starting yeah. him regardless. Yep. Certainly are. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Buffalo bills here. Shouldn't be much surprise. Yeah. And real quick, uh, I, I was out yeah. last week, but I am up one game on you here. Los, um, because mm-hmm. I took Tennessee uh, because I have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo and that worked out. Uh, so it all comes down to this last week. We'll try to keep it exciting, but I am going to take the same pick here and take Buffalo. I guess my game plan, since I'm down one game, should be to let you pick the games first and then and then uh, decide which ones I want to pick against you. Huh? Sure, we can do that. Uh, yeah, we'll see as we go along. Uh, we'll go into the next game, New York Giants at the Chicago Bears. Uh, you probably didn't make it to the title with Saquon Barkley in your lineup. I'm sorry. If you did, he's no better than a flex on this team right now. All the big runs seem to be coming from Devontae Booker. Can't explain that. Can't explain what this offense is doing. Um, uh, they seem like they've already committed to the same coaching staff to stick around till next year. Um, yeah, these quarterbacks aren't effective. Uh, I would maybe consider starting Tony in a PPR if if you're really desperate, but past that, uh, I really don't want to touch this offense. I I am stunned that the news came out that they've already recommitted, or I guess committed to Joe Judge for 2022. That's, uh, wow. I I mean, I can understand giving Daniel Jones another shot because of his injuries this year, but... Ooh, I don't know. I, you know what? This is why maybe I don't manage uh, an NFL team. I just don't understand the intricacies, but uh, certainly seems like a baffling call to me. Uh, all that being said, uh, the Bears secondary has struggled. They've given up some big plays this year, despite being pretty good at limiting the passing yards overall for opponents. We did see that DK Metcalf uh, finally broke through his touchdown list streak of six games against the Bears, and 
It's possible that Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Toney does that here, but just wide receiver four options. Hopefully you're not relying on these guys with Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon, whoever it is they decide to go with this week. Uh, We should talk about Devontae Booker, though, who you mentioned, because it's worth noting that while Barkley never left the loss against the Eagles this past week, uh, he was limping around quite a bit on the sidelines, uh, did not look healthy. It, It was reported that he played through an ankle injury that he suffered during the game. So there is a chance that the Giants could hold them out this week. Uh, There's nothing on the line for them, nothing for them to really play for. And it's not even a divisional game, so it's not like they want to stick it to anybody. Um, So, you know, keep an eye on Devontae Booker because he was a workhorse when Saquon Barkley missed time earlier this year. And he's a volume RB2 if Barkley were to miss this week. On the Chicago side, Montgomery and Mooney remain the best plays no matter who's at quarterback, Foles or otherwise. Uh, Both are going to get volume. Not much more I can add to the Bears. No, it's worth noting, though, that uh, Justin Fields, it sounds like he was close to playing on Sunday against Seattle. So if he were to come back, uh, he's a potential QB streaming option just because of his his rushing potential. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Certainly would boost... Uh, the offense a little bit as well, I would think, if he's back. Sounds to be, uh, sounds right to me. Uh, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was a stunning victory over the also at the time 4-10 and Seattle Seahawks. And maybe uh, I will bet on the Bears getting to six wins this week. So I will, I will stick with you there. All right. Uh, Kansas City at Cincinnati. Tyreek Hill disappeared this week while Kelsey wasn't in the lineup. Very odd, but return to your scheduled programming this week with Kelsey and Hill finishing near the top of their respective positions. Obviously, don't keep them out of your lineup in the championship if Hill didn't uh, knock you out in semifinals week. Uh, we got to wait and see on CEH. Not sure exactly what's going on with that collarbone. I think initial reports were that it was not broken, but uh, it's early in the week. Yeah, so... it. The x-rays were negative, so the collarbone is not broken. You're correct. But it does still sound like a fairly serious injury, so there's a chance that Edwards Alaire could miss this week. Of course, uh, you know, keep Daryl Williams on speed dial. We'll talk about him on the waiver wire section. And if you're desperate, Derek Gore is there as a potential option. But uh, in general, yeah, it's, I mean, we know who we're playing here, right? It's Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Pringle and Hardman both had decent games against the Steelers, but that was with Kelsey out. So assuming he can pass uh, uh, the, pro- the COVID protocols and returns, you know, you're not relying on those guys. I know you're hoping he's back. As for Cincinnati, uh, Mixon made it to game time, was just fine. Chase was good enough, and Higgins exploded with two touchdowns. Boyd also had a nice game. Uh, the Kansas City defense has been better than Baltimore lately, so certainly don't expect a 41-point showing for Cincinnati. I, I'd try to avoid Boyd here. He's had a good, uh, great game for fantasy and a couple good weeks in a row, but it was only supported by five targets, one of which was a 70-yard touchdown. Um, I'd avoid him here. Yeah, I, I agree with that part of it. Uh, definitely reliant on that long touchdown or else his day wouldn't have been nearly as nice. Um, CJ Uzama is worth mentioning here too. Uh, of course, he had a relatively quiet day despite uh, what Burrow was able to do during through the air. But uh, we know that the Chiefs are soft over the middle and this does project to be a shootout. One of the highest game, uh, highest projected point totals on the slate and probably one of the best games that we're going to get to see all year. Yeah, it should be an exciting one. Uh, Good offense on both sides of the football, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas City here. Um, 
pretty chalk with me picking them just about every week this year. Yeah, so this one was a real tough one for me. Um, I know what we just saw from the Bengals, but we have to remind ourselves that the Ravens secondary is missing pretty much all their starters, right? They're just Mm -hmm. absolutely cursed with injuries this year. Um, I'm going to lean the Chiefs, but I will say, I I think the line is at uh, KC minus five and a half right now, and I would probably lean the Bengals plus five and a half. This feels like a, a field goal game or even at, you know, a 34 30 type of game. I don't think the chiefs are going to run away with this one. Miami at the Tennessee Titans. We of course need to see who makes it through tonight's game healthy. And also what the situation is at the running back splits for Miami. Um, it's pretty early in the game. So uh, Duke Johnson, four carries Lindsay with four. I, I can't make much out of that just yet. Um, Waddle's really the main play that I'm that I'm considering here at Tennessee. Other than that, is a is a big old uh, dice throw. Yeah, it's. I mean, man, poor Miles Gaskin, right? One one quick stint on the COVID list, and he gets passed up again on the depth chart. We've seen that yeah. happen a few times over the last few months. Now, uh, they just don't seem committed to him. Uh, hopefully, if you weren't in contention in Dynasty, you sold Gaskin while you could. But yeah, as you said, uh, this running back committee is one to avoid. Who would have thought that Philip Lindsay would have four carries to none for Gaskin thus far? Um, I guess that was a good waiver wire ad for the Dolphins in real life. Yeah, it's Waddle. Um, maybe Gasicki, depending on your other tight end options. But it's been the two options all year, right? We, we know who yep. to trust on this team with a fairly reliable floor in fantasy. Yeah, so the Titans, A.J. Brown is back with a vengeance. If he's there for you, he's a great flex play with the upside of a wide receiver one. Uh, The rest of the team is probably in a void right now. The backfield is pretty well split. Um, I don't love it in this matchup, and I don't know how this team's going to look against Miami. Yeah, uh, I I will admit um, I told a few people to consider benching A.J. Brown last week because we had no (laughs) idea what his role was going to be. Uh, right. But to be fair, I was telling them to bench him for guys like Waddle, um, who hasn't done a whole lot tonight. So I'm sorry for that. But, uh, you know, on paper, I'm just a more risk adverse fantasy GM, I suppose. Um, man, 11 receptions, 145 yards. Absolutely <laughs> insane. And the kicker is now Nick Akine, Westbrook, Nick Westbrook Akine, and Julio Jones both on the COVID list right now. Jeez. AJ Brown could see like 30 targets in this game. Um, you're starting him. Uh, I think Dontrell Hilliard, Dante Foreman, both of them are risky flex options. You're hoping for a touchdown from one of these guys if you're starting them. Uh, ideally, you have better options at running back. We'll talk about some uh, guys on the waiver wire you can take a look at. And I don't think it's crazy to potentially consider Ryan Tanhill a streamer. Um, we've seen that his, you know, his performances are absolutely night and day, right? When he has yep. AJ Brown and, and ideally Derrick Henry, but when he has AJ Brown and when he doesn't, um, I do think that Miami's defense has played better than they actually are the last few weeks against some pretty weak opponents. And we know that Tannehill can add some rushing production as well. So we'll talk about him on the streaming section. Miami is looking strong so far tonight, leading the Saints by 10 points, uh, who a lot of people had picking uh, picked to go to the Super Bowl. So Miami looking very, very strong, could probably, could potentially win this game, but I'm going to pick Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think uh, Miami's looked good. I tried to sell you on good. that one, darn it. What's that? I tried to sell you on Miami that time, darn it. 
No, I, I don't think anyone really believes in Miami here. Uh, t- I think Tennessee is the teams that's get the team that's getting hot. The team that I put a little bit of money down on to win the Super Bowl at plus two thousand odds because they seem like a dangerous team when they do get hot, especially if they get Derrick Henry back in January. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Miami here. All right, or, excuse fine. me, Tennessee. <laughs> Pardon me, a Freudian slip there. <laughs> That's all right. I'm going to have to pick a game opposite you at some point or another. The Raiders at Indianapolis. Uh, Renfro had an inexplicably uh, low number of targets this week. It's scary, but it does uh, it does happen. He should hopefully return to a higher volume versus Indianapolis. And Jacobs is a running back, too. Uh, team's hoping for Waller to come back, but too early to tell. Yeah, I will say you had an opportunity because I was thinking about Cincinnati, but uh... – I just can't. The, the way that the Chiefs have been playing lately on defense more so than offense, uh, it's hard to bet against yeah. them. I hear um, that. All right, back to the Raiders here. Yeah, Renfro definitely had a tough slot matchup against Kyle Fuller on Sunday. The Broncos have a pretty good secondary. Of course, he saved his fantasy day with a touchdown, but I would potentially avoid him again this week. Just a back-end wide receiver three. He's got another tough slot matchup against Kenny Moore. Uh, allowed just 48 yards to Christian Kirk on Saturday night. And then there's the possibility, uh, additionally, that Darren Waller could return this week. Um, that could potentially shift some of that target volume that Renfro has been seeing. So agreed on Jacobs as a back-end RB2 here, but the Colts are a tough run defense. Just really don't love any of the Raiders' options here. I would temper expectations for Renfro and Jacobs. Yes, for the Colts, uh, this does not seem like a week to stream once if it can be avoided. Uh, Taylor's a lock for you. Pittman's a wide receiver three with upside against the Raiders. That's all I'm touching on this team. Yeah, not a whole lot to add here. Maybe T.Y. Hilton is a desperation wide receiver five if Pascal remains out. Um, He was a late addition to the COVID list, so depending on if he's vaccinated, he could be out again. And then finally, uh, worth mentioning, just because tight end is so bad right now, uh, it's a barren landscape at tight end. So Jack Doyle uh, missed a lot of the Saturday night game after suffering an ankle injury early. So Mo Alley Cox, uh, if you're desperate, desperation tight end too, we know he's got some big play potential. Uh, he's that big bodied red zone target. So again, if you're truly desperate, tight end two option for you. Certainly hope you have a better play, but yeah, I agree with you there. I'm going to take Indianapolis here, and I don't think this one's going to be particularly close. Yeah, their defense has been better and better in recent weeks. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts at home. All right. Jacksonville at the New England Patriots. James Robinson won't be in this game. I don't trust Trevor Lawrence against the Patriots. Uh, Can you really trust any Jaguars in your title run? I certainly can't. Uh, My bets, they're going to add another running back and not let Agunbawale touch the football 21 times again. So I wouldn't go chasing that value either. Yeah, I mean, I'm not chasing Agumbawale. I'm not expecting him to be a reliable start by any means. But I will say that if you just need volume, uh, there's really not much in the way of options that they have right now. So, you know, Carlos Hyde already on IR. I I think if you really want to, Agumbawale is a PPR flex option just for garbage time. If they check it down a bunch, you know, in the fourth quarter when they're down 30 or so, something along along those lines. Um, And then also, you know, We'll we'll see about LaVisca Chenault. He missed this past week uh, on the COVID list. But Laquan Treadwell, a uh, former first-round pick uh, who's been through his ups and downs. And, you know, we know the Jaguars' offense has been horrific, but 
he's been fairly reliable ever since DJ Chark went out. Uh, he's been seeing a ton of target volume, not a high ceiling uh, and a tough pass defense to, to play him against, but he's been getting that volume good enough for eight, nine, 10 PPR points every, every single week so far. So again, in deeper leagues, if you need a wide receiver four for PPR scoring, he's there for you. He certainly is. Uh, as for the Patriots, Damien Harris returned and apparently wanted to make up for lost time. Three nice touchdowns this past week. He's a lock play for you if you manage to make it through uh, to, the, to the championship despite his injuries. I don't see the pass game upside here in a week where the Pats should be able to dominate the, the, the Jaguars pretty easily. So I'll disagree with you just a little bit on this one. Um, I I certainly think Harris is a borderline top 10 running back this week. Uh, We know that they're going to pound the rock as they have been all year. They're top 10 uh, in run heavy offenses in the league. We know that Harris has utilized a ton in the red zone at the goal line. So love him this week. But I will say that we've seen that New England this year, when they've been able to blow teams out, they have not taken their foot off the gas pedal, right? We've seen them continue to pile on the points, uh, even when they're up multiple scores in the second half. So I do think that there's some some potential here for Mac Jones, for Kendrick Ooh. Bourne, and for Ramondre Stevenson or Brandon Bolden, depending on whether Stevenson is back from the COVID list. Because I do think that while they're going to run a lot and dominate this game, there's going to be some passing scores, and I do think this is going to be like a 40 to 10 type of game. Well, in that case, how do you feel about Hunter Henry, who's been seeing increased targets the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I don't hate it. I think he's still in that back end tight end one range, right? Because there's just not much outside of Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle right now. You know, Hawkinson's been on the IR, Darren Waller's been out. So Hunter Henry, look, if he's touchdown reliant for sure, he could score, you know, one to three PPR points, but he could also score 16 just on a couple touchdowns. Very well thought out. I award you no points. I'm going to take the <laughs> Patriots. Yeah, I think this is one of the uh, the locks of the week here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the L.A. Rams at Baltimore. Note, this game was moved up from the mid-afternoon slot to the uh, early, uh, you know, the early afternoon slot. So, um, I mean, the game times are listed next to all your players. You probably didn't realize it was changed anyway. So, just I guess that's just an interesting note for y'all. Uh, bad game for Stafford, but Baltimore is a forgiving defense. Start all your regular Rams. Beckham and Van Jefferson both have flex upside. Uh, Van, to me, is a little more fluctuant. He can probably be higher upside, but also have a much lower floor. Beckham's been coming through with a lot of touchdowns lately, but has been seeing a pretty steady target share. Yeah, I mean, it all all depends on which Matthew Stafford comes out, right? Um, What did he say after the game in the interview where... uh... He's like, well, I guess they did it without me today or something like that yeah, <laughs> after the, exactly. uh, the win over Minnesota. And like you said, right, Van Jefferson was he, he was covered fairly well, but he had a step or two, which is NFL open downfield. Mm-hmm. And if Stafford had not underthrown him by 10 yards, it would have been like right. a 50 yard touchdown instead of an interception. So, yeah, I mean, Jefferson and Beckham both have that touchdown upside here. Um, and then the big news, of course, is Daryl Henderson, who came back from his injury, uh, immediately suffered an MCL sprain on literally the first carry of the game that he got in the fourth quarter. I can't I can't even make that up, right? <laughs> Just uh, awful, awful luck for him. Uh, yeah. Good news, of course, for the fantasy teams who have Sony Michelle. Um, it's, it sounds like Cam Akers has a chance to be active this week, but let's be real here. Coming off an Achilles tear in his first game back, uh, you are not trusting Cam Akers outside of very deep leagues. 
Uh, this is this should be the Sony Michelle show. Of course, we know the Ravens are tough against the run, but Michelle should be a strong RB two option this week. Yeah, dan- dance with the Gallo Bracha. I-, I wouldn't go starting Cam Makers in the championship if I was able to get there without him. Yeah, I mean, look, if if it's a deeper league and you know your opponent needs running back help, yeah, pick him oh, up anyway, yeah. just in case. But I totally. I would not count on him as a reliable start at all. Yep, agree with you there. As for the Ravens, uh, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be at this point. Good news is that Mark Andrews continues to produce with Josh Johnson or whoever's playing quarterback. The Rams are, of course, a tougher matchup while Ramsey hasn't been following guys. He's going to be either on Bateman or Hollywood every play this week. I try to avoid both if possible, Um, especially if Jackson isn't the quarterback. I don't really have uh, much faith in either of them, either of the other guys to get much value for the wide receivers here. Uh, If Jackson is playing, Brown's probably going to get a few more targets than he has lately, especially some downfield targets, but he's still a shaky play right now. Yeah, I don't don't know that uh, there's a whole lot to add on the Ravens side. We kind of know what this team is at this point, right? Yeah, and what they are is a team who's going to lose to the Rams this week. I do not disagree. Yeah, Tampa Bay at the New York Jets. Maybe we can pick opposite teams on this one. 15 targets <laughs> for Antonio Brown. Expect more of the same this week if Evans remains out. And if Evans plays, uh, Brown is still a lock into your lineup. Uh, Ronald Jones showed well enough. He is a back-end running back to play, despite not having near the hands of Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's going to be continued to be relied on and has a great matchup against the Jets. Should be able to run for maybe 150 yards, honestly. Yeah, the Jets rank 32nd against the run and 32nd against the pass. So uh, start everyone. Uh, it's yeah. like, uh, what's that old movie with uh, Gary Oldman, The Professional? Have you ever seen that? Leon, of course. Yeah, where uh, Gary Oldman just screams, everyone! And yep. then that's uh, that's pretty much how I feel about the Bucks players in fantasy uh, this <laughs> week. Um, I saw an interesting stat online. Someone posted that um, the DFS pricing for Antonio Brown is very different this week on DraftKings. He is the wide receiver 18. He's priced as such. And um, I believe on FanDuel, he's the wide receiver three. And I will wow. say that I think he's much closer to the wide receiver three this week than he is the wide receiver 18. So... To me, he's a lock in the top 12. I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's bonkers right there. Yeah, I, I think top 10 for sure, top 12. Um, you're starting Antonio Brown against the Jets. Uh, I know Grock didn't have a great game against Carolina, but you're starting him against the Jets. Like you said, Ronald Jones. And this game, I feel somewhat like the Jacksonville-New England game um, to the point where I think this is going to be another blowout situation. So I could see Brashad Perriman as a desperation wide receiver five, maybe a long touchdown for him. And if you're super desperate, I could see Keyshawn Vaughn just getting a garbage time goal line touchdown when they're up, you know, 37 to six at at the end of the third, something like that. Yeah, certainly could be. As for uh, the Jets, Tampa's defense is too good to try and attack with Michael Carter against as a running back. And the Jets receivers are way too inconsistent. Uh, going up and down with target totals. We don't know what uh, Wilson's doing at quarterback here. Don't get cute in your championship game. Yeah, I wrote I wrote about Zach Wilson as a streaming quarterback option on Fantrax mm. last week. Uh, certainly came through. And maybe that's yeah. part of the reason I'm optimistic about Mac Jones this week, right? We saw like a career game from Zach Wilson because it's the Jaguars. And, you know, I could just see a, a couple touch passing touchdowns, at least for Mac Jones. And uh, 
Yeah, going back to the Jets, though, certainly not starting Zach Wilson this week against Tampa. Um, Even with their injuries on defense, uh, not taking that risk for sure. Uh, I will say the only option that I really potentially think can be started is Braxton Berrios, uh, assuming Jameson Crowder is out again. I think he will get some PPR garbage time volume. So Berrios, a wide receiver four option for you. I feel like we played that game with Berrios already, and he and he really stuck it to us. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, right? No, no, Elijah Moore probably he's still on IR and on the COVID list right now. Uh, Jamison Crowder with that calf injury, they just really don't have any options, right? So at the yeah. very least, he's gonna see six, seven targets, if not more. Yeah, desperation uh, begets value, right? Uh, I'm gonna take the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think this is one of the other locks of the week here. Yeah. Philadelphia at Washington. The Washington defense will not catch Hurts if he can run. Uh, he's the main play. Smith is a flex option with some upside. The run game's a complete mess again. Was a four-headed monster this past week. Uh, Miles Gaskin has a broken... Oh, didn't write it. Broken wrist, I think, he's got. Um, yeah, Goddard's a fine play, but has limited upside. Yeah, I think it's actually... Uh, uh, I think it's in his hand, but close enough. Uh, either Something way, like I, I believe Sanders has already been ruled out for this week. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan Howard, uh, he's got a shoulder stinger. And that kept him out for multiple games in 2019. I'm not sure if it's the same shoulder or the opposite shoulder, but that's something to watch. Because against Washington, if both of these guys are out, I think Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell yeah. both are both worth a look considering you know the Eagles' renewed dedication to the run game here. I think you're, I think you're right. Uh, they're going to see plenty of rushing opportunities, and uh, they both have some passing game chops, so... Could be some value there. As for Washington, they continue to be a team in big need. Uh, Gibson probably has back-end running back two value. The game plan got away from him, which scares the crap out of me right now because this game could get out of hand and he could disappear again. McLaurin hasn't popped in any significant way lately, and he's out of your championship lineup. I doubt if he, I doubt you've been uh, making it through the playoffs with him. Yeah, and uh, you know we talked about this. Uh, this feels like deja vu, right? We talked about McLaurin a couple weeks ago on the show uh, against yep. Darius Slay. Um, just really not much to expect. I think he had like two catches for like 50 yards a couple weeks back against yep. the Eagles. Uh, look, if you're desperate, he he's still in that wide receiver four, um, you know, category, right? He he could always go for a touchdown. We know he's that talented, but mm-hmm. certainly you're you're hoping not to rely on him. Agree with you there. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles here. Yeah, wa- Washington has been a tale. It, it feels like we've gone through like three seasons with Washington, right? They were awful yeah. to start the year. They had that hot stretch where they were beating playoff teams, and now yep. they're back to just awful, you know, worse yeah. than mediocre, right? Uh, give me the Eagles here. Yep, it's sad. All right, uh, next game is going to be start off the uh, mid-afternoon slate, you know, your 3 and 4 o'clock games. Denver at the Chargers. Denver is a bad team with Drew Locke at the helm. The Chargers allow more out of the run game, but both running backs are very risky flexes with Locke starting. Uh, I'm avoiding the pass game yet again. Uh, Chargers are better on the outside than in the middle of the field, and... uh, while Drew Locke did give Judy his best game in weeks and Cortland Sutton his best game in weeks, they were still somewhere in the range of like 30 to 50 yards apiece. So not not jumping on that train. Yeah, this is um, this is tough because this is another game where COVID's really going to play a big impact, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't think the NFL is going to move it necessarily, but uh, 
the Chargers has put, I think, seven or eight players today on the COVID list. Um, so this secondary is going to be shorthanded here. Uh, we know that Joey Bosa was out last week, and I don't believe he's vaccinated um, mm. based on what I saw. So it's possible that he could miss another game here. Um, we'll see about that. But I, I, how can you not like both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in this one, right? They both. They both didn't do a whole lot against uh, the Raiders, which was a good matchup. Williams punched in a touchdown, but I'm going back to them both as, as flex plays here with some upside against a Chargers defense that just gave up two touchdowns, Rex Burkhead. If they can keep the ball moving, they'll do well. But uh, yeah, if, if, if COVID is slamming their defense, then they certainly become stronger plays. That, that's certainly the case. Yeah, and I think, you know, if the Broncos are smart, right, they want Drew Locke to touch the ball as few times as possible and just keep handing it off. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you there. Gordon certainly didn't look great last week, but they kept giving him the football. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess the good news is at least the Chargers will have Eckler back. <laughs> that's right. yeah, the that's, silver that's lining. That's all I care about. <laughs> uh, all I really have to say uh, for the Chargers is that I'm glad Eckler's back. Hope he has no ill effects of his recent stint on the COVID list. He can return to full form, full force come game time so that it can be a powerful force in my championship run for me here. Uh, and the Chargers clearly need him after a big loss to Houston. The, uh, this game got out of hand in a big way. Uh, the names that uh, we're producing were too deep to trust this week. If, if Eckler is out, it's very clear that Justin Jackson is the better back um, to, to select with all his past game usage over Josh Kelly. Um, and, uh, you know, Williams is out, so I, I expect him to be back. Uh, him and Allen should be okay against Denver. Yeah, it's going to be interesting again, just all the COVID issues here right. for this team. And, uh, you know, in my notes last week for the last week's podcast that I missed, you know, I put it's not crazy to think that Houston has a shot, even though I took the Chargers, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted, I really thought about it, but I just couldn't do it. And I just didn't have the balls. But, uh, man, yeah, the Chargers really have been, even with Justin Herbert playing well, even with the new coaching, you know, doing a fairly good job. It feels like the Chargers are just forever cursed, right? This is the kind yep. of stuff we've seen from them forever with poor injuries at you know bad times and then just inconsistent throughout the season. And, man, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's Keenan Allen. It's uh, it's Austin Eckler. Um, I, you know, I loved Justin Jackson last week filling in for Eckler, but against the t much tougher Denver run defense and with Eckler back, uh, I don't want to trust Jackson much. He's a desperation RB4 here. Um, we'll see about Jalen Guyton, who's also on the COVID list. If not, Josh Palmer is a wide receiver for play. But again, he's not playing Houston. Um, you know, would not expect uh, quite as much um, from him this week. I, I did bench Keenan Allen for Joshua Palmer in one league uh, this cool. past week, and it worked out, but certainly not doing that this week against Denver. Certainly a tough task on either side of the football here. I'm going to take the Chargers here at home. Well, here's your chance, Los. I think I'm going to take Denver here. All I, uh, right. Look, there we go. I, there's a chance that Teddy Bridgewater could pass concussion protocol. We'll see about that. Um, I think if he does, with all the COVID issues that the Chargers are having, if they just pound the rock, this is a game they can steal. We've seen L.A. be very inconsistent, and we'll see. I'll give you a chance.
Thank you. You're going to go up to me to, uh, up on me two games here now. Houston at San Francisco. Uh, you, you can't uh, take a chance on any of the past this past game, especially with Cooks on the, out on the COVID list this past week. If he's back, uh, he's he is the target hog. So so you would play him there. Uh, Rex Burkhead dominated touches with the with the uh, with the COVID week and everything. He could have volume based value as their lead back if David Johnson isn't playing here. Uh, again, hard to trust a Houston player in your championship game, but uh, you definitely want to keep Rexburg head away from your opponent if he's sitting there in free agency. I actually think he's a... Um, Landmine? Yeah. I think Throw you leave him out there uh, because I, I loved Rex Burkhead in DFS this past weekend, and he came through with two touchdowns, but again, that was against an awful chargers run defense they've struggled all year given up i think the most touchdowns to running backs this season and they're missing joey bosa uh, the niners front seven has been playing much much better a much tougher run defense now it's worth noting that david johnson missed last week with a quad injury and he's now on the covid list so it sounds like johnson will be out again so like you said the volume should be there for burkhead but he's more of that touchdown dependent RB for, you know, back end flex. I would not yeah. expect another monster game from him. I think it's just cooks here, right? That that's if he's back off of the COVID IR, I think cooks is the, is the guy you want uh, for Houston you, for fantasy. You have me convinced. I just didn't want to forget to talk about him. Uh, especially against San Francisco. Yes, for San Fran, Kittle may have killed your chances at the playoffs last week, but you aren't sitting him versus Houston. Uh, he, Debo, and Wilson remain strong plays, while Ayuk is a question mark for you. Certainly a consideration. Probably a better flex than anything else. Yeah, and like I said, I do think Burkhead was worth talking about because uh, he does have the volume, right? We saw Dante Foreman punch in a touchdown against yep. San Francisco on Thursday, so I could see eight or nine points from Burkhead. Just not uh, not another you know twenty thirty point performance. Sure. Um, more importantly, on the 49ers side, I think perhaps just maybe it's happening where the fantasy gods could give us <laughs> Trey Lance for the fantasy championship week. And, you talk about uh, counting your chickens, though. I know that report came out on Garoppolo. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, we'll see. the The report uh, to quote Mr. Adam Schefter is that Jimmy Garoppolo um, suffered a, quote, more significant injury than just a thumb sprain. So it sounds like there's a pretty good chance we're going to see Trey Lance this week. And I, I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I can barely <laughs> contain my excitement right now. Um, you know my love for Trey Lance. Uh, sure do. Look, I think he's the top quarterback streamer this week if Garoppolo's out. Do you disagree? No, I, I totally agree. It doesn't matter if he can't uh, throw the football to a, a receiver that's 10 feet tall with arms that are, you know, six feet long or whatever. Uh, he's going to, he would run over Houston for 120 yards he, in that alone. He's worth a start. All right. Let's, let's play a quick game here. Los. Sure. All right. Um, I'm going to run through some names and you tell me if you'd rather play them or Trey Lance this week. Okay. Uh, now, these are all ones that obviously I'm not crazy as much as I love Lance. You're starting Josh Allen, Patrick Holmes, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, and Kyler Murray. Do you disagree with any of those? The only one. No, I'd start all of them over him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now my, my question was, was Stafford, but no, against Baltimore, you go with Stafford. Yeah, no, I, 
I understand why, um, because Stafford certainly has just imploded at times, but come yeah. on, like 400 yards, three touchdowns for Stafford this week, right? Like, he's not, he's not going to kill you. Even if he doesn't, you know, if, even if he doesn't set a banner week for you, he's certainly not going to tank you. Yeah. I, and I think he's a potential league winner this week too, against yeah. this awful injured Ravens defense. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Now it gets a little interesting. Because let's say that Lamar Jackson is back this week against the Rams defense. Ooh, that is an interesting one. How much are we trusting that ankle? I think getting the extra week off and everything would make me feel confident in in uh, Lamar Jackson if he plays. I'd go with Jackson still. Okay, but it's worth it's worth the question, right? Yes, it's think worth about discussing. It. All right, Justin Herbert. Boy, no I'd still Williams. go Herbert. Okay, I, I understand. He threw, what, 300 yards and a couple touchdowns against the Broncos a few weeks back, yeah. so I could see that one. Okay, Jalen Hurts against Washington. That's that's your line right there. Actually, the first name that popped into my head was was Russell Wilson, but uh, Jalen Hurts is a good question right there. If, if Lance has... I mean, you're basically asking, do you want to be against Washington or do you want to be against Houston? that's a coin toss for me. What what do you think? It's, I think because I don't believe in Jalen hurts as, as an NFL quarterback. So that that complicates the picture for me. I I think that's, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Yeah. I just think maybe he runs a little bit more with Sanders out. Um, so I am leaning hurts here. Okay. Um, all right. Russell Wilson against Detroit. No, I'd, I'd play. I'd play Lance. I agree with that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow against Kansas City. Ooh, recency bias coming at you right there. <laughs> you know, it, as good as he was, Kansas City's defense is a little bit better, and just that pure rushing upside. It's a cheat code. It's a broken system. It shouldn't be what it is. But but Trey Lance and his legs are. Anytime he plays and plays well, he's a top ten quarterback lock. I think the listeners are going to hate this, but I think it's absolutely Trey Lance. I mean, outside of this game where they just dominated Baltimore, I mean, they've been trying to run mixing a ton in the red zone, right? They're not, they're not trying to be super pass heavy. That was the matchup given to them against this injured Ravens defense. The chiefs defense has been playing well. They got Chris Jones back against Pittsburgh this past Sunday. I, I I think it's Lance. Yeah. Um, So we're on the same page there. So he's what? Like, 11 i think so yeah i i mean i can't think of anybody else that i would start over him there um not justin fields certainly not with uh what the bears do at their situation um yeah here's an interesting one um kirk cousins against green bay without adam thielen no it's it's trey lance over cousins right now yep i agree they played they played the packers tough when they last met but uh it's it's the konami code right you can't yep i mean look he threw i think Lance started in week five against Arizona. Mm-hmm. That was his only start. Uh, no passing touchdowns, one interception, 16 fantasy points. Like, <laughs> and he was, he was stopped like on the one inch line on a goal line run or else it would, he would have been a top five fantasy quarterback. Could have that easily week. been 22 points right there. Absolutely. But, uh, all right. I, I said to get that, get that out of my system. I can't. No, uh, good man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, I'm sure we'll be doing a heck of a lot more of that next year. 
Yeah, and, and I'm glad that uh, you know you agree that he's a, a top 12 option because I didn't want it to be biased, right? Because I yeah. know I'm excited about Trey Lance, but uh, look, the rushing potential, it's hard to argue against. Yep, absolutely. The, and it's maybe it's something that uh, fantasy will be able to fix, or maybe they don't want to. I don't know. Personally, I feel like a quarterback's value should be equilibrated in a sense. I feel like the passing should matter more than the rushing maybe make it 25 yards for rushing for quarterback, but then that would eliminate all rushing value from like a Kirk cousins or an Aaron, you know, a guy like that. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I think you just make passing points scored the same way for 10 yards. That, that's my solution for it. At least. Hmm. That's a thought because that's then, thought. because then the good quarterbacks and make, maybe make interceptions even more like minus four or something like that, or, you know, sure. Um, that, that's a, that's an off season discussion. Let's get back yeah, to sure the, the championship yeah, week, uh, goodness. Yeah. I'm going to take San Francisco here, but really just because they're playing Houston, even though Houston did piece together a nice one for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is closer than people think, but at home yeah. I, I'm taking the Niners, especially, especially with the potential dual threat. I mean, they, they took it down to the wire against Arizona when the Cardinals were red hot early in the season. Too true. Arizona at Dallas. Speaking of the Cardinals, the main news is going to be whether James Conner is ready by Sunday. Kyler's an auto start, of course, with its legs. If Conner's out, Edmonds is a running back two against Dallas. Uh, certainly don't expect 13 targets for Ertz, but he's a fine t- uh, tight end play. And Kirk remains the better play than Green, but both are very spotty flexes right now. Uh, Dallas's past defense has been has been pretty good, actually, uh, and improving. Yeah, and I mean, assuming Rondell Moore's out, I, I think you're starting all these receivers, right? And you're trying to find a spot for them at least because, sure. uh, like I said, when we were talking about the Chiefs-Bengals game, potential shootout, their over-under is at 50 points, I think, and I think this game's at 51, the highest uh, of this Week 17 slate. So expecting a lot of fantasy production in this one on both sides. So, yeah, I think you're starting them. And I think Chase Edmonds is a borderline RB1 if, if Connor's out. I mean, just on sheer volume and receptions and PPR. Yeah, I guess I, I, I am hedging in my mind a bit with uh, just assuming Connor may return. But uh, yeah, if, if Connor's completely out of this game, yeah, he's going to get plenty of pass, cut, uh, pass game work. Uh, I, I got a fun one for you. Let's sure. say Connor's ruled out. And uh, let's say you've already got Jonathan Taylor, so you're not benching him, obviously. Sure. At RB2, are you going to start Chase Edmonds or Damian Harris in PPR? No, that's Chase Edmonds. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I I think it's still Harris for me. Yeah, but we can make it a bet if you'd like. Uh, I, I'm I'm down, right? Sure. Why not? Let's go for it. All right. Maybe you can catch me on that side. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see. Damian Harris. I'm gonna put it down right now versus if, Chase if Connor's Edmonds. out. Week seventeen. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. But if Connor's out, you gotta. Don't forget that I, part. I made the note. I made the note. Uh, well, I'm going to read the note right now and make sure. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Connor out. Okay, good. Good note. Yeah. All right. We'll see. <laughs> All right. On the Dallas side of the football, uh, this team is not showing a commitment to the run game right now, but uh, Arizona plenty, allows plenty of yards on the ground. Um, Zeke should be a solid running back, too, this week. Schultz had a very scary moment, but really only missed one play, surprisingly enough. Um, his success is limiting the wide receivers here, but not limiting uh, Cooper, who uh, the squeaky wheel got the grease or whatever the saying is. So good for him. Uh, you're not sitting lamb any week, but I would continue to avoid Gallup. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you're you're starting all these guys, right? Like on both yeah. sides. That's what I said. Um, if you guys have you know wide receiver or flex sit start questions, of course you guys can tweet us. So uh, there's there's a lot we can go through with all these uh, wide receivers in this game, but uh, I, you know you're starting most of them. I, I would think. Yeah, agree with you there. Um, I'm leaning Dallas here. Yeah, I mean the hot hand, right? Dallas is hot right now. Arizona is not. Um, yeah, especially being in Dallas, uh, I'm going to lean the home team. Yep. All right, Detroit at Seattle. Uh, Jamal Williams made it very messy for Craig Reynolds. I'd certainly avoid going to that well, if at all possible. Williams is a running back three with some upside if Swift remains out. If Swift can return, uh, you avoid the, the other backs completely, obviously. Uh, St. Brown is a legit start. Uh, start him as a PPR wide receiver two type. He's been great the past couple weeks. Uh, hopefully... Hopefully he's a flex play for you, but he should put up wide receiver two type numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's been uh, just an absolute PPR monster with TJ Hawkinson yep. out. Uh, now Josh Reynolds is on the COVID list. Uh, like AJ Brown, he could see 30 targets this week. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. You're starting him as a, I think a strong wide receiver two option. I agree. I agree with you there. Uh, as for Seattle, given the state of the Detroit defense, there is upside in the normal Seattle playmakers, but, uh, I wouldn't go chasing anybody else with how this team is playing. Uh, something's off, and it, it could just be Russell Wilson's, you know, finger still. I don't know. Penny led the backfield with 18 of the 26 running back touches. He should have a nice game against Detroit. You probably don't want to play Lockett and Metcalf, but I don't know that you have better options if you've made it to this point in the in the playoffs. Uh, let's play a quick running back game. Yep. Rashad Penny against the Lions? Or Ronald Jones against the Jets? Ronald Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think both have high ceilings this week. Yeah. I, I'm leading yeah. Penny because I do think the okay. Bucks will be pass-heavy against the Jets, even with the lead. Yeah. Um, whereas Seattle really wants to run, but it, it's pretty close for me. Um, Rashad Penny or Sony Michelle against Baltimore? Oof. Probably Michelle. See, I'm going to disagree again. I, I think it's Penny oh. again for me, but uh, it's close. I mean, none none of these are you know, none of these are are smashes for me or anything. So that that would take a lot of deliberation. Um, I, I just think Michelle has plenty of. I, I mean, you, you you could put the two and two together as to why I think Michelle has plenty of opportunity. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think all these names we just talked about, they're all high end RB twos, right? Yeah, you know, number, absolutely. Number thirteen, absolutely. fourteen in that range. Um. I'm going to say the same thing I said about the Chargers-Texans matchup. It would not shock me if Detroit won this one, but I will take Seattle at home. Oh, darn it. Well, I'm going to take Seattle as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I played around with the idea, but... Um, I mean, this... You know what? I'm going to take Arizona. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, that that's not the hill I would have changed, or the hill I would have died on or changed, but uh, all right. You mean if you were me or if you were you? If I were you. I hmm. I just You would have changed Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean I think if I had to bet on one upset, it's it's that one. Just because the Bengals are hot and You, you know. know what? I'd take Cincinnati too. <sighs> okay. All right. Let's get crazy. Week seventeen, <laughs> right? No, nothing left to you know, nothing to lose. If I lose by one or if I lose by three, I've still lost. So, and I, and I really don't want to do that. 
All right, fair enough. I mean, like I said, both of them are super close, right? Uh, there's a, there's an argument for Cincinnati. All right, I'll change this right now. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, those two games are going to be just great games to watch in in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm right? looking forward to them. Like, I I think I'll be more focused on the main TV than than Red Zone during during this Sunday. Yep. Um, Carolina at New Orleans. Uh, note that this game was moved back from the new noon start with New Orleans playing tonight. Uh, Carolina is in major disrepair right now. Uh, don't even consider a play outside of DJ Moore. Uh, Abdullah did turn six targets into all of eight yards. That's certainly not going to win you a title. So while he is seeing more work in this current offense, uh, the upside is heavily lacking and it's not going to be a championship winning sort of output for you. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be Sam Darnold or Cam Newton who gets more snaps at quarterback this week, but I know that I'm playing the Saints defense. That, that's about, yeah. that's my commentary on uh, yeah. Carolina. That's fair. Uh, tonight for New Orleans, we're going to see what their game plan is with uh, their quarterback situation, but I expect that to change by next week. Um, healthy dose of Camara is really the main thing to consider here. Um, and if it's any of these real backup quarterbacks for New Orleans, you're sure, certainly not chasing Callaway or anything. Um, so uh, unfortunately it's just Camara for, for the saints. Yeah. And I think I'm just checking in on this game now. I think Waddle over four and a half receptions was the easiest bet tonight. <laughs> Certainly. Was... Yeah, absolutely. He's already at eight targets at halftime. Good yeah. for him. Um, all right. Back to the saints here. Yeah. I will see what happens with the quarterback situation with Taysom Hill, um, testing positive. Uh, we don't know if he's vaccinated or not, so we'll see if he's able to come back and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's halftime right now in the Monday night game. Um, Marquez Callaway has two targets, tied, tying the team lead with little Jordan Humphrey. So, uh, yeah, lots to talk about here. I think it's Kamara, and if you're desperate, I think it's Ingram, right? We saw some big, some long runs that Tampa Bay had um, against Carolina, and I think, like I said, with their their drought at receiver with all their injuries, uh, Troutman's on IR, COVID IR right now, too. Um, so regardless of quarterback, I think it's still going to be a, a run-heavy game plan. Can't disagree with you there. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans against Carolina. I don't think they really have a prayer. Yeah, I, I, like New Orleans isn't great either, but uh, yeah. at home especially, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Saints too. Yep. Sunday night football, Minnesota at Green Bay. Dalvin Cook was absent for the COVID list. Hopefully he can be back for Sunday. If not, Madison's going to get plenty of work if he can stay healthy, of course. Uh, Jefferson isn't a guy you're sitting in your championships, but I could see avoiding Thielen definitely as he heals and Osborne as his touches fade to Thielen. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Dalvin Cook could return because even though he's unvaccinated, it will be more than 10 days since his first positive test. Uh, definitely a situation to monitor very closely. Uh, look, gut check, I don't think Adam Thielen's going to play. If he plays, I don't think he's going to be very effective, right? Coming back from yeah. a high angle sprain that he just aggravated. Um, I, I know that he's like people always say that I'm very risky during the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but that's because I treat it like DFS, right? If you're out, you're out. So it doesn't matter if you feel safer playing a, a name that you know well, like Adam Thielen, mm -hmm. versus a guy like, I, I, you know, let's play a quick game. I'm gonna ask Sam Brown or something. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I think that's I think it's clearly Sam Brown. Even, yeah, I yeah. mean, if you were going based um, on name value, right? Let's go. Let's go lower, right? Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Oh, McKenzie right now uh, a little riskier here but i think still higher ceiling kendrick Bourne. 
I really don't like Kendrick Bourne. Nothing, nothing, nothing personal, Mr. Bourne. I apologize, but, uh, but, you know, I, if it really came down to it, I'd probably see if KJ Osborne was sitting there. If I really was that interested in starting a, a Viking. That's fair. We're going to talk about KJ Osborne on the waiver wire section. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go Kendrick Bourne or Alan Lazard. Is MVS back? Let's assume MVS remains on the COVID list and is out again. Yeah, then I'd go Lazard. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here. I mean, it's, yeah. right, like the safe names, like like a DK Metcalf, right? What has he done for you over the last five weeks? Not a lot, um, not a lot. Like, without that 40-yard touchdown, we know that he's capable of that at any time. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's it just the Seahawks aren't throwing a lot. Are you really going to put your fantasy championship hopes on a Metcalf or a Lockett or a Thielen over a lesser name guy in, in a great matchup. My guess is you would, if it was DK Metcalf, because he was hugely overdrafted. So he was, I mean, if you, if you're a Metcalf drafter, you, you love DK Metcalf. So I, I don't see your heart putting him on the bench regardless. You and I wouldn't be starting him because he's not on either of our teams. Right. But I mean, again, it, it, it depends on your options, right? This, these yeah. are the types of questions that we need. We need the roster. We need the scoring. And right. you know, this is, this is a find us on Twitter type of question. We're just trying exactly. to give you some ideas of how we feel about certain players for this week. Yeah, absolutely. As for the Packers, uh, don't sit Aaron Jones. He carried you here. You have trust in his talent. Uh, you can't bet your championship on these peripheral Green Bay pieces in the past game, uh, depending on their health, of course. Uh, A.J. Dillon's a very solid flex with upside. I like him. Um, if, if it really came down to your flex uh, position being a thing like Adam Thielen or K.J. Osborne or Kendrick Bourne or something, I, I think it's a no-brainer to play a uh, backup running back like, uh, like an A.J. Dillon type instead. Sorry, say that one more time. Uh, I'm just saying, put him in your flex. He's, he's rock solid. Yeah. I mean, we saw Michelle have a field day and, uh, they've been using Dylan plenty on the ground. So certainly a touchdown, uh, upside flex guy. Um, like I said, I think Lazard's in the flex conversation as well. If MVS remains out, uh, bump down a little bit if MVS is back. Uh, but you know, Amari Rogers just got put on the COVID list too. So, I mean, it's, I I think Lazard could be a smash spot this week, potentially. Yeah. With that, with that news on Rogers, which I was not aware of, uh, that, that certainly changes things. Yeah. So start all your Packers against this Vikings defense is the moral of this story. Yeah. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to take the Packers. Yes, sir. I don't see this one as particularly close. And Monday Night Football, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, play Nick Chubb. Avoid the rest. Uh, the pass attack is just is is pug ugly. I, you know, I I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I still let myself hope that maybe the Browns could have upset the Packers this past week as a Christmas miracle sorts. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if part, Baker Mayfield could play uh, football, maybe yeah, they would have. Part Mayfield, part some potential missed calls from the officials, but th- those are always there, right? It's on Mayfield yep. at the end of the day on on a couple of those really bad picks where there was definitely no pass interference. Argue whatever you want. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it. Man, yeah, it's Chubb. Uh, worth noting, uh, Kareem Hunt uh, still on, um, still out with that ankle sprain, and he's on the COVID list, so it does not sound like. He'll be back for this one. Um, we'll see. But, uh, yeah. I and mean, if he isn't, that's all the better for Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I just didn't think we had to talk a whole lot about Chubb. You were starting yeah. him even if, uh, even if Hunt were back, right? Yep, totally. Yeah. 
As for Pittsburgh, you know, Harrison, Deontay Johnson are strong plays. Claypool's time will come next season. Uh, time, time, time is long past to move on from him this season, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to say. Um, just th- these are teams where we kind of know what they are, right? It, it's really, right. it's really Harris and Deontay and Chubb and Landry. Um, and and you don't love Landry or Johnson, but uh, they're there for you as wide receiver three options, some upside as well. Um, avoid the quarterbacks. Johnson. What's that? You don't love Johnson? I mean, he hasn't been great. Uh, Deontay? Yeah, he's been tremendous. I mean, to define tremendous, 10, 15 PPR points, he's been fine. Yeah, yeah, rock solid wide receiver too. You get it, you know exactly what you're getting and, and you don't have to worry about it. Okay, sure. I, I mean, you're not benching Johnson, but I, I'm, I'm not like super, I don't think like I've got the title in the bag if I'm starting Deontay Johnson, you know what I mean? Well, I sure do. All right, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll oh, find you sure out. will see. I, I feel much more confident starting Sony Michelle, I'm just saying. Mm, well good for you <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see uh I, I i um i know nobody cares about our teams Liz, but I, I think it's interesting to talk about the strategy of it um sure. in terms of what you do so for example in one of my leagues i had dak prescott going up against uh, amari cooper and dalton schultz last night mm-hmm. and luckily i was up enough where uh, i i still uh, pulled out the win there in yep. our league together i have both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and you have Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, but these are situations where I always say like, yes, like you wouldn't hope that maybe Tyreek Hill gets some rushing touchdowns and Kelsey just gets a lot of PPR volume and Mahomes doesn't have a huge game, but like you're just starting your best lineup, right? right? Don't, don't worry too much about the other, pl- the other teams lineup, unless it's down to like Sunday night, Monday night, and you know, it's like make or break for one specific player. Exactly. Too many crazy things can happen, especially right now with uh, guys getting called off at game time with COVID list findings and stuff like that. It's uh, you can't get too cute right now. You can't get too crazy. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not worried about stacks. Like you're not starting Russell Wilson just because you have to start Metcalf or Lockett in a wide receiver three spot or, Right. You know, just because you have Debo Samuel and George Kittle doesn't mean that you have to start Trey Lance, although I, I think you should. Yeah, um, I would. And speaking of, I think it might actually hurt the passing game slightly if Lance yeah, is the totally. starter. Um, Big time. So I think those are all, you know, things to factor in. But yeah, don't worry too much about your opponent's lineup is what I'm trying to say here. Yep, just play to win the game. Play your players. Uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. Nah, I'll, I'll let you have a game on me if if that's what happens. Like, Pittsburgh just looks awful. I, I know they always play the, the divisional games tight, even when they're terrible. But, you know, when, when they almost beat the Packers, I just, I, I got to think that Cleveland's pissed off. They're, they're just going to run Chubb a ton. They, they should hopefully learn from their mistakes against the Packers. Hey, I hope you're right. If uh, Chubb puts up 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, that'll be a nice day for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, worth noting too, uh, you know, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater just slightly in that Denver game, uh, Pat Fryermuth, who also had his second concussion a couple weeks ago, um, monitor him. There is a chance that he could pass concussion protocol and given just the dearth of startable tight ends in fantasy right now, he would be an auto, you know, top eight or so tight end. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I like the move. All right. Um, you said you're taking Pittsburgh already, right? 
Yes. All right. I'm going to take Cleveland here. Uh, that brings us to the COVID news. We've got, of course, Taysom Hill, who's out right now against the Dolphins on the COVID list. Uh, Tyler Huntley as well. So something to monitor if you are missing uh, Lamar Jackson and you've been relying on the Baltimore uh, quarterback by committee, let's call it. Um, at the running back position, Dalvin Cook, who we talked about, Ramondre Stevenson, David Johnson, and Kareem Hunt. Like we mentioned before, there's a chance that Cook could be, re- could be back this week even though he is not vaccinated. Mike Evans, but you're not worried about him anyway because he's got the hamstring strain. Mike Williams has already been declared out. Uh, Jalen Guyton does have a chance to come back. Brandon Cooks, Elijah Moore, Julio Jones, Nick Westbrook-Akine, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Josh Reynolds, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Amari Rogers, Zach Pascal, and LaVisca Chenault. Beasley and Davis are both unvaccinated, so there's a chance they could miss another game here. Um, and then, of course, Travis Kelsey, the big one at tight end here. Hopefully, he will have ample time to clear with another week to do so. And some good news, of course, Austin Eckler is already back from the COVID list, as well as Allen Robinson, Brashad Perriman, and Jared Goff. And that'll take us into uh, our non-COVID injury news, of course. At quarterback, we have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's questionable with that thumb injury. Garoppolo did not practice Monday. Sounds like his thumb was bothering him for most of the game versus Tennessee after he suffered the injury in the first quarter on Thursday night. The reports uh, are that it's a, quote, more significant injury, end quote, than a thumb sprain. So uh, it sounds like there's a fair chance we could see the rookie Trey Lance starting for San Fran this week. Justin Fields' ankle injury is questionable. It sounds like Fields was close to playing on Sunday versus Seattle, so we'll see if he can get some practice in by midweek. Check his status over the next couple days. Lamar Jackson with that ankle bone bruise is questionable. It's anyone's guess as to how Jackson's ankle is feeling. His status remains very much in question, though, until we see him in practice, so keep an eye on his status. And Teddy Bridgewater with that concussion is questionable. He was quickly ruled out last week after his second concussion of the season. Hopefully he's feeling okay, but we'll see if he can pass concussion protocol. Keep an eye on his status over the next couple days. Even a limited practice by midweek would be a good sign. At the running back position, we've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire with a collarbone injury. He's questionable. The good news is that x-rays were negative, but this injury could still hold him out for this week. So check on updates on CEH over the next day or two. Miles Sanders with a fractured hand, he has already been ruled out, so fantasy GMs will need to find an alternative there if they were relying on him at running back. And then, of course, Jordan Howard with a shoulder stinger, he is questionable. He missed some time in 2019 with a similar injury, so we'll see on him. Monitor his practice status closely because this will definitely affect uh, Boston Scott and potentially Kenneth Gainwell as well in the championship week. James Robinson, sadly, with the Achilles tear, he is out, and his 2022 is potentially in jeopardy as well, given the timing of this injury. Um, Daryl Henderson with the MCL sprain, he is out as well. Uh, That's it. Uh, It's Sony Michelle time with Cam Akers potentially chipping in a few touches here and there. Saquon Barkley, again, uh, he never left the game against the Eagles, but he did suffer an ankle injury, Uh, will be questionable. Um, Got rolled up on and was seen limping around, so it's a situation worth monitoring. David Johnson with a quad injury, he's questionable. We'll see if he's able to practice at all this week after not practicing last week. And he also still has to clear COVID protocols as well. James Conner with the heel injury, he is questionable. Conner was unable to go on Saturday night against the Colts uh, after barely being able to practice last week. 
We'll see if he's able to get some practice in this week with the extra day, but still would be a risky start uh, with Edmonds back and likely to continue leading the backfield. Dondre Swift with the shoulder sprain, he's questionable. Uh, sounds like he finally had a shot of playing against Atlanta on Sunday before he was ultimately held out. So monitor Swift's practice participation this week. Uh, there is a fair chance of him returning, uh, even with nothing on the line for the Lions here. Elijah Mitchell with the knee issue. He is questionable. He wasn't able to return on the short week last Thursday against the Titans with that knee inflammation. But it sounds like he's trending in the right direction. So check on his practice status over the next few days. And finally, Kareem Hunt with that high ankle sprain remains doubtful. We'll see if he's able to practice at all. Uh, even if he is able to return from the COVID list, there's a chance that the ankle is still not ready. So monitor his practice status. As for wide receivers, there's uh, plenty to talk about. Adam Thielen with the high ankle sprain is questionable. He aggravated his ankle early in the game versus the Rams and was shockingly able to return in the second half. However, these injuries can swell and stiffen up the following day, so there's a chance this could keep him out this week. Keep an eye on his status this week. Mike Evans with the hamstring strain is questionable. Sounds like Evans has a chance to return this week, but Tampa's already won the NFC South as of last week with their eyes on the NFL playoffs. It's anyone's guess whether they'd actually activate Evans for a game they should win easily versus the Jets this week, but the smart move would be to let Evans get to 100% for the playoffs. Keep him out. Evans is worth holding on to if you're desperate, but we recommend dropping him for another wide receiver or potential impact player. Even if his hamstring injury is okay, Evans would still need to test out of COVID protocols on top of that. <clears throat> Rondale Moore is questionable with an ankle injury. It sounds like Moore had a chance to play before being ruled out Saturday night, so we'll see if he's able to log some consecutive practices this week. Keep an eye on his status the next couple days. Jameson Crowder is doubtful with a calf injury. Crowder didn't practice at all last week, so we'll see if he's able to come by midweek. Uh, keep an eye on his status closely. And Elijah Moore on the IR with a quad injury. Even if Moore is able to test negative out of COVID protocol, it's still questionable whether he can make it back from his quad injury this week. He's worth stashing in deeper leagues, but is not a must-hold for fantasy championship week. And at the tight end position, Jack Doyle with knee and ankle injuries. He's questionable, listed as day-to-day. -day. Uh, hopefully you weren't relying on any Colts tight end anyway for fantasy purposes, but it's worth monitoring just in case you're desperate at tight end because Mo'Ally Cox could see a lot of snaps and targets in this game if Doyle is out. Pat Fryermuth with a concussion, he's questionable. Uh, as with Bridgewater, it was his second concussion this year, so we'll see if he's able to pass the concussion protocol, monitor his practice status closely, over the next few days. And finally, Darren Waller with those knee and back injuries that have held him out for a few weeks now. He is questionable. The Raiders are quote-unquote optimistic that Waller can practice by Wednesday, but fantasy GM should not rely on him coming back. Obviously, we've heard good news before from the Raiders, and he did not play. So uh, must start if active, but have a backup plan in place at tight end. And that'll take us into our waiver wire ads. At quarterback, we've got Trey Lance. In his only starter early this year versus Atlanta or versus Arizona, Lance produced 15 fantasy points despite not throwing a single touchdown due to his 89 rushing yards. He was also stopped and in short on a goal line run. Would have finished as a top five fantasy quarterback that week if not. If Garoppolo is out this week, Lance could be a league winner. Justin Fields. Fields seemed close to playing versus Seattle, so if he's back this week, he'll be a strong streaming option. While the Giants' defense is fairly decent, Fields offers a rushing floor and ceiling, assuming his ankle's good to go. 
Taysom Hill. The same goes for Hill, assuming he's activated from the COVID list. He's averaging 69 rushing yards per game over his last three starts with two rushing touchdowns as well over that span. He has a similarly high fantasy floor and ceiling despite facing a tough Carolina secondary. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's performance is night and day when he has A.J. Brown versus when Brown is out. Miami's defense has played well against weak offenses in recent weeks, and we'll see how they do versus Ian Book tonight. But Tannehill should be a serviceable option and provide some rushing upside as well. And Mac Jones, if you're desperate, even though New England is the seventh most run-heavy offense in the league, Jacksonville's defense ranks second worst in the NFL against the pass. Coming off back-to-back losses, expect the Patriots to keep the foot on the gas in a bounce-back win at home. Jones has a low floor, but a fair ceiling this week, even if Harris runs for three touchdowns again. All right, at the running back positions, uh, worth just mentioning Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Devil Single, Devin Singletary. Excuse me. These running backs are mostly rostered, but somehow available in 20 plus percent of leagues, depending on the platform. So, worth double checking on them in your league for obvious reasons. Even if you don't need the running back help, uh, worth blocking an opponent from these potential high scoring players. And if you do need help at running back and these guys are already rostered, you've got Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell this week with Miles Sanders already ruled out and Washington in disarray. The Eagles uh, have a lot of upside in the backfield for fantasy production here. They've returned to pounding the rock and it's a game where Philadelphia should play with a lead. Depending on Howard's status, all these guys are touchdown dependent flex plays with a decent shot to score as long as Hertz doesn't steal any goal line work with the quarterback sneaks. I would rank them just Jordan Howard if he's active, but uh, with the risk that he's not, I would make the top claim for Boston Scott. And then, of course, we have the Chiefs running backs, Daryl Williams and Derek Gore. Excuse me, <clears throat> Derek Gore. If CEH were to miss this game, Williams would likely serve as the primary back as he did earlier this season when CEH was out, and Gore would likely mix in on some early downs. Williams would be a serviceable RB2 or flex play, and Gore a desperation RB4. Dare Ogumunwale, who we talked about. The Patriots have a stout defense, but with New England likely up multiple scores in the second half this week, there should be some garbage time potential for Ogumunwale to catch some checkdowns and maybe punch in another goal line touchdown. He's worth a look in the flex spot, especially in PPR formats. Devontae Booker, uh, we don't know about Saquon Barkley yet, but if the Giants were to choose to hold him out this week, Booker would likely return to the workhorse role that we saw from him earlier this season when Barkley missed time. Booker would be a decent volume-based RB2 option, though he shouldn't be prioritized too high among these waiver wire ads at running back without first knowing Barkley's status. Dante Foreman, the Titans remain a messy committee backfield, but Foreman seems to be getting some goal line work and is probably the best option of the three as a touchdown-dependent flex play. Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden. Harris scored three touchdowns against the Bills, and it's possible that whoever the number two running back is in New England this week could punch in a score or two as well if they're blowing out Jacksonville in the second half. Monitor Stevenson's COVID status as Bolden would be a desperation RB4 with a shot at a touchdown if Stevenson were to remain out this week. Keyshawn Vaughn, who's in a similar position as the number two running back behind Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay. We saw Vaughn break a long 55-yard touchdown against Carolina on Sunday. And there could be garbage time carries for Vaughn in the second half if the Jets are down by multiple scores like we saw with Carolina. 
The Jets are the worst run defense in the league, so you could do worse if you're in desperate need of running back help. And finally, Rex Burkhead. We talked about Burkhead as a potential landmine, but he is a viable touchdown dependent flex uh, with a pretty, uh, he had a really great uh, matchup against the Chargers last week, but don't go overboard after his monster game. The Niners are much tougher against the run this week, and Burkhead slips back into that touchdown dependent flex territory. Yeah, and that takes us into some wide receivers, AJ Brown and Antonio Brown. Obviously, these guys, obviously these guys are rostered in the vast majority of the leagues already, but they're, they're out there in over five percent of uh, leagues, depending on the platform. It's it's uh, certainly worth taking five seconds to double check just in case. I'm gonna Ross St. Brown, Christian Kirk, and AJ Green. These wide receivers are mostly rostered as well, but still available in about 20 to 30 percent of the leagues, so they're worth mentioning just in case. Uh, now on to the more widely available wide receivers who could help uh, your team win a fantasy championship. Isaiah McKenzie and Emmanuel Sanders. If Beasley and Davis remain on the COVID list this week, both Sanders and McKenzie are worthwhile flex options versus a bottom three Atlanta secondary. McKenzie's speed gives him a higher ceiling as of right now with Sanders looking his age. Kendrick Bourne. Bourne was dropped in a ton of leagues following New England's bye and his stint on the COVID reserve list, but he remains a boomer bust flex play versus a Jacksonville defense that ranks second worst in the league versus the pass. He has high upside this week, albeit with a dangerous floor. Alan Lazard. The same goes for Lazard this week with both MVS and Amari Rogers on the COVID list as of Monday. He's a touchdown dependent wide receiver four versus a Minnesota secondary that's given up a lot of big plays and top 10 in passing yards allowed this season. KJ Osborne. If Adam Thielen misses this week, Osborne remains in play as a volume-based wide receiver four. He's averaged over six targets per game over the last three weeks with Thielen missing time and has two touchdowns over that span. He has a fair ceiling considering the high-scoring matchup the last uh, time these two teams played in week 11. Braxton Berrios. Berrios is another volume wide receiver four option in PPR with Elijah Moore on the IR and Crowder also banged up. The ceiling is not super high, but he has some usability with garbage time potential, assuming Tampa's up by multiple scores this week in the second half. Laquan Treadwell. Jacksonville's, Jacksonville's offense has been horrific but Treadwell has been a mainstay since DJ Chark's injury. Over the last five games, he's averaged 4.4 receptions and 59 yards per game on 6.6 targets per game. If you need 9 or 10 PPR points, he can get you there as a fairly reliable volume-based wide receiver for. Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney. There's not much to like about the Giants, but Chicago has given up some big plays this year through the air, including ending DK Metcalf's six-game touchdown drought on Sunday by allowing a 41-yard touchdown. If you're desperate, there's some upside for both Giants wide receivers, but the floors are non-existent. Josh Palmer. Palmer had a great matchup versus Houston and managed a touchdown Sunday. And with the news of Williams being declared out already, Palmer could see target volume again if Williams and Guyton remain out. That said, Denver is a much tougher pass defense than Houston, so Palmer is just a desperation wide receiver five. And Brashad Perriman, if you're truly desperate, the Jets are the worst defense in the league against both the run and pass. Like Kashawn Vaughn, there's touchdown upside for Perriman as the deep threat for Brady with Godwin out and Evans doubtful. He's a desperation wide receiver five. And at the tight end position, Pat Fryermuth, uh, with him out last week due to the concussion, he was dropped in quite a few leagues with his roster percentage now hovering around just 50%. If he were to return this week, Fryermuth would have a solid floor due to target volume and enough red zone involvement to be a mid-range tight end one. 
CJ Uzama. Uzama had a fairly quiet game despite Burrow's monster performance, but he continues to have a high fantasy ceiling with the Bengals' offense really heating up. This week's matchup against Kansas City could be a shootout, and they are better against the wide receivers out on the outside, but soft over the middle to tight ends. Gerald Everett, on the other end of the tight end spectrum, if you don't want to roll the dice on Uzama as a ceiling play, Everett is a decent floor play here. He has at least two catches in every game since Seattle's Week 9 bye, and Everett has a few touchdowns over that span as well. Mo Cox. If you're desperate, there's a chance that Ali Cox could again see a lot of snaps if Jack Doyle's out. Ali Cox played a season-high 90% of the snaps against Arizona, with Doyle leaving the game in the first quarter on Saturday night. And though he only saw four targets despite the high snap share, Ali Cox is athletic enough to have some big play and touchdown potential as a tight end two option. And finally, John Bates. How lucky do you feel? If you're desperate in deeper leagues, Bates continues to out-target Ricky Seals-Jones, and Philadelphia gives up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, having allowed 12 touchdowns to tight ends this year through 15 games, including one to Evan Ingram this past Sunday in garbage time. Bates also caught a garbage time touchdown against Dallas on Sunday night, and it's a potential, uh, or it's, it's possible that he could do so again this week. And if you're looking for a couple options in the uh, defense and special teams field, we've got Indianapolis. The Colts are a top defense, and the Raiders have allowed multiple sacks in each of their last seven games, and they've given up multiple turnovers as well over that span when not playing against weak NFC East opponents. Indiana is a Indianapolis is a smash spot this week. Philadelphia, the Eagles dismantled Jake Fromm until the Giants were forced to put Mike Lennon back in, and Washington just got demolished in prime time by Dallas. Even though Philly struggled to get after Heineke in their last matchup two weeks ago, they should be able to get some sacks at the very least in this game. New Orleans, the Saints seem to have monster games versus Tampa and then disappear, and we'll see how they fare versus Miami tonight, but they have a strong front seven and a stout secondary. They're a decent option versus Carolina offense stuck in neutral and should be started over Philadelphia if Carolina announces Darnold as the starter. Cleveland. The Browns pass rush should be able to get after Big Ben here, but Cleveland is last on the list this week because AFC North matchups are always unpredictable. Even with Pittsburgh having gotten crushed by Kansas City on Sunday, Cleveland managed just two sacks and no turnovers when these two teams met in Week 8. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, It's been been quite a fantasy season uh covid has been has made it quite unpredictable at times but uh hopefully you guys still had fun hopefully a fair amount of your teams are have made it to the fantasy championship week we'll see uh and yeah best of luck to all you guys if you have more specific questions about your lineups uh whatever it might be this week uh everything's on the line so we're happy to reply on twitter to those specific roster dependent questions you can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm, of course, at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You, of course, can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we will be back uh, either next week or in the coming weeks to wrap up this season. I know we always say that, and sometimes uh, life gets in the way, but we we will try to do that this year, um, talk through uh, a lot of the decision-making processes and just some fun fantasy stats maybe or some awards for players who really helped you win those titles. But uh, if you've made it this far, whether it's for the third-place title or the uh, first, second-place game, Uh, Best of luck to you in the Fantasy Championship week. Anything can happen. 
don't give up. Uh, and it's a fantasy world. We're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB. MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. You are here. But to get where your business is going, you'll need someone who's there. Ready to rethink, reshape, recast. With data and insights that give you the foresight to make should we, we should. Plan for everything. Realize anything. CBRE. Oh. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today.